0: The Hoop Collective is brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven.
1: Welcome to the Low Post Hoop Collective joint post-finals podcast where the finals are over. The Milwaukee Bucks, after 50 years, are the NBA champions and joining me to digest that bit of information put it all in perspective as always brian Windhorst is here and just one of the nba players who's an absolute diehard a historian his dad played obviously for the phoenix suns larry nance jr from cleveland how are you doing
2: i'm good i'm good i appreciate you guys having me on
1: so windy 35 days ago i dragged you into an emergency podcast because kevin durant had had one of the greatest games in the history of the sport in game five In wrenching game five away from the Milwaukee Bucks of the second round, putting Brooklyn up three to two, 49 points, 17 rebounds, 10 assists played every second of the game. The Bucks let that game get away from them. It felt just complete devastation, even though we said on that podcast that the Bucks just need to chill out, win at home, they're healthy, the Nets are not, the field is open for them. Flash forward 35 days after that low point. Yeah, the Nets were injured. Yeah, Kevin Durant had a foot on the line in game seven. Otherwise, maybe Brooklyn wins that series. All of that, the Bucks fought and fought down from 2-0 in that series. Down 1-0 against Atlanta, 2-0 in these finals. And we come full circle to another kind of emergency podcast. Giannis Antetokounmpo, <laughs> 50 points. 14 rebounds, five blocks, 16 of 25 from the floor. I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. The single most surprising statistic since Corey Brewer had 50 points in an NBA game. (laughs) 17 of 19 at the foul line. We have not had time to sit here and look at every game that's ever been played in the NBA playoffs. Up 3-2 in the finals. 50 and 14 on that kind of shooting. There have not been very many games that have ever been better than this. And just an absolute crowning moment for one of the greatest playoff runs in the history of basketball. And we can talk about the stats and put that in perspective. But that's that's the story. Giannis stayed, re-signed. For a franchise that, Wendy, I looked it up this morning. I was reading some of your old reporting on the Bucks. I've forgotten about this. When Mark Lassery and Wes Edens bought the team, the NBA made them put in a clause that said, if you don't get a new arena, we have the right to buy this franchise back from you. That's how low they were. And now there are 65,000 people sitting in the Giannis Grove because that's what we're calling it now. We're calling it the Giannis Grove. It's not, not the Deer District. And they are the NBA champions. That's how far this team practiced in the gym in the back of a Catholic archdiocese until a few years ago. And they are now NBA champions behind one of the greatest individual performances ever in sports. I don't even have a question, Brian, how are you doing?
0: Well, I'd hate to make Larry wait, but um, this is a story that I think will hit, you know, Larry is from the Akron area, grew up a Cavs fan because his dad played for him. And um, this is a beautiful NBA story. Because it's a mid market, this is what the NBA dreams of its of its uh, league to be. This is a mid sized market. People don't want to play there. Cold weather city, um, you know, limited resources. Um, that was able to hit a home run, not when they got lucky in the draft, not when they won the lottery, but you know, drafting a guy outside the lottery that. Got another guy. I mean, I don't want to say Chris Milton was a throw in in that trade, but certainly wasn't the, you know, who's the second round pick to change teams after a year um, and developed him into an all-star. And um, you know, when the, you talked about when they, when they bought the team um, I remember being in Milwaukee sitting in um, Peter Fagan, who's their team president's office. They were trying to get the money together to build this arena Bradley center was, if not the worst arena in the league, one of the worst arenas in the league. It was, you know, it just was totally out of date. And I remember, you know, fans didn't come. It wasn't a good arena to come to games. It was very poorly designed. And um, I remember them, you know, talking to them and they had all these grand plans and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And I remember looking at the plans and they were like, we're going to have this plaza out there. People can watch big games. They're going to all come here and watch our big games. And I'm like, what big games? You haven't had a big game since in the '70s, and they had the vision. And um, so to see them come to this point, um, it's just a beautiful NBA story. And also, Giannis, we've seen him. You know, he's been on this runway. I mean, this is what you, you know, this is what the story that you want to see. You want to see the guy fail, fail, and then overcome. He's got great. You know, he's got incredible talent. Um, This is for the fans of the Sacramento Kings. This is for the fans of the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, it would have been for the, for the, fan, the fans of the Cavs, Larry had it not been for 2016.
2: Yeah. This, yeah. Had it, this, it not
0: been for, uh, you know, our local guy. Yeah. So this is, um, this is a beautiful story. And um, I've, I've, I've been saying for years that I think that uh, Larry, do you, how well do you know the movie, the matrix? <laughs>
2: uh, quite well.
0: Okay. Cause I can't to keep asking folks who are younger than me. But I've just said for years that I think Giannis is going to have the moment with Neo where he stops the bullets and -hmm. he figures out that he can't be stopped. That's what happened in this game. He just he stopped the bullets. And I could see it in the fourth quarter. I know that the game wasn't over and Phoenix was trying to stay in it. But I said, no, no, he stopped the bullets, it's over. And he had it. And so, Larry, I mean, I think it's a beautiful NBA story. For somebody who grew up in a small market and plays in a small market and has played in a big, I mean, you went to Wyoming for crying out loud. You didn't go to North Carolina. I mean, you know, <laughs> as, a, as somebody from the NBA, I, I, I would think that you would appreciate what, how this played out.
2: Oh no, this, from my perspective, uh, this is one of the best things that can happen to the NBA. You know, it's, I don't want to say it's boring, but when you get, you know, when you get Lakers, Boston, Lakers, Boston, Chicago, New York, like it's just, you know, it, it gets a little bit redundant. So it's, it's really cool to see, Um, Toronto pop up with one Cleveland pop up with one Milwaukee pop up with one. And it's just even golden state, to be honest with you, um, it gives hope to those, you know, to the teams and, um, to those franchises that are, that are built, you know, built at home and, uh, you know, the non free agent destinations and all that. And it, to me, that's, this is the kind of thing that, that is a, you know, is a playing ground leveler in terms of, uh you know, in terms of, from my perspective, at least.
1: And let's be honest, Wendy, we, not we, you and me, but we were, we, ESPN was part of the, was part of the discourse of a lot of the honest discourse was often, well, where should he go? What team should try to trade for him? How, mm-hmm. where is he going to go? And I feel so happy for Bucks fans because they had to live through all of that. And every team, Trying to get their hands on Giannis, is he going to sign the supermax? What if he doesn't? Can Golden State get him? Can Miami get him? Can Dallas get him? And blah blah. And they just these Bucks fans would watch and listen and watch Twitter and say, "Our team's pretty good. Like, can't we just talk about how the team is good?" And now the pretty good team has won the title. So, Larry, I'll I'll, I'll ask you. You were you. I, I'm guessing you have guarded. Giannis quite a bit or to some to some level in, in your career you were in a draft class with seemingly half of this series campaign Bobby Portis Pat Connaughton and Devin Booker you're watching these games you're you're seeing it from a player's perspective who's played against it with these guys you can take anything from this game tonight just what stood out from you who are you watching closely who are you happy for whatever you want to go go
2: so first and foremost Bobby Portis um you know, when we we both signed for Priority Sports, Mark Barlstein to go work out for the draft. And me and this guy, I mean, beat the heck out of each other every single day getting ready for these draft workouts. So, you know, we, we've we've grown pretty close over the years. And this is a guy that, you know, I have the utmost respect for just in terms of his tenacity and, and, and will. So, uh, first and foremost, I'm happy for Bobby. Jeez, um, uh, Pat Connaughton out-jumped me at the – Out jumped me at the combine for highest vertical. So I'm a little bit bitter about that. Now he's got a championship uh, on top of it. So, man, I got got some work to do. Um,
1: (laughs) I mean, at least um, he was minus 21 tonight on 0-4 shooting. You can just at least take some (laughs) solace in that. You know,
2: I'm going to text him that right now. That's exactly what (laughs) I'm going to do. Just bring him down to earth a little bit. Um, But I think, honestly, my biggest takeaway from the series, not, you know, from the series, maybe even the playoffs, is – um, you know, we we it going into the draft, it wasn't even cons like all right, Carl this, Jalil this, D'Angelo this, you know, these guys, these really, you know, one, two, and three, one, two and three, you know, one, two and three, and to see arguably the best player of the draft, you know, you know, be Devin Booker, picked 13 and see the way he's conducted himself and the struggles he's gone through in Phoenix to get to this point and, and play the way he has and and, uh, you know, I'm just happy as could be for him. And, uh, you know, I, I just think it's the coolest thing in the world. That guy is um, that guy is a special player, true special player.
0: Didn't bring his best game tonight, and I'm sure he's devastated about that because he's so focused on his craft and he's so focused at wanting to deliver at the highest level. It's been a tremendous uh, two months for him. He's elevated – his game for sure and elevated his stature, which I know is not as important to him, but certainly doesn't mean nothing. He's had an, he had an incredible two months and it is remarkable. You know, if you're the, if you're the sons, you know, your future is bright at the same time. You know, this, it was such an incredible opportunity because the way the cards fell for you. So it's got a sting. It's got a sting, even though they hadn't been in the playoffs in 10 years. And um, I, there's so many things about about Giannis that you you respect about the way he played I mean when the when the dust settles and we churn out all the stats here this is going to be one of the greatest finals of all time Mm -hmm. uh statistically um it was he basically his numbers were akin I've been talking about Shaq for the last few podcasts his numbers were basically akin to Shaquille O'Neal in the 2001 finals, which is, you know, regarded as one of the most dominating finals ever. Um, he, you know, it's hard to compare him to guys like Kobe and LeBron because they played differently. Um, but certainly the way he dominated the game was, is equal there. I mean, you know, with, with stuff that LeBron did, I mean, I, the 2016 finals that LeBron put forth are his greatest achievement. In my view, he played differently, but the way he commanded the game, Giannis is right there. This is an all-time performance, but um, you know more than anything, they win. The, they win. That you want to know the difference. I mean, you mentioned it. You mentioned it in passing, but they are one inch, one inch from being out, and that is the NBA. You can, you can, you can have the greatest hand. You have the greatest opportunity, and you, 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 it's such a narrow set of margins. They're one inch from being out and now they're holding the trophy.
1: They were lost in that series and they, they didn't even quite totally find themselves in that series, but they found enough of themselves to gut through and they found more of themselves as the playoffs wound down to, and, and in these four games, I think they found the best version of themselves. I thought Bud played the right lineups, the right strategies. Oh, we won't belabor, um, the X's and O's here, but um, I, I will say, like the Suns, it hurts. I think it hurts that I, I thought Aiton had his first really bad game.
0: Yeah,
1: in this game, um, I thought he played a little soft, and 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 to the point that they just had to take him off. He honest, he, def- but-
0: he defended well in the first half, but you know he wasn't he wasn't himself.
1: But I don't I don't like. They, they punched back in the fourth quarter in game five when it looked like it was getting away from them, and they made it a one-possession game. They had a chance to win that game. It, the Bucks come out and get up 12 in the first quarter, and we've all seen this game before. We've all seen it after the gut punch game. We've all seen it. And they fight back to take the lead at the half. I thought it was a great – Devin Booker plays 46 minutes with Drew Holiday and P.J. Tucker guarding him. That's sh- fun. That's just that's 46 minutes of hell, like (laughs) Richardson's old old 48 minutes of hell. And he played 46 minutes because they have not been able to survive his absence from the court for one second in in this series. And the other thing I'll say was Chris Paul got a lot of scrutiny for his performance in games three through five. And I thought he was totally fine in game five for the most part after not even first half. He had 26 points and five assists tonight and and willed them to stay close enough that they had a chance in the end. He was their best, probably their best player, period, their best offensive player. They didn't win. He now goes down. We did our stats at Info Group tweeted this thing. Chris Paul's on the verge of being the first player in NBA history to blow X amount of 2-0 series leads as if Chris Paul is the only person playing these series. Chris Paul was really good tonight. I don't want to hear any Chris Paul slander. The dude is 36. He brought it. Uh, and that's and, and I just thought the Suns. the Suns were a great story all season and, and it hurts, but I thought they, they gave us a, a really fun game tonight. I mean, Larry, we were texting at halftime. Like you, you said, the second quarter was not so fun to watch, but I was happy because at least, at least we had a game, right?
2: Oh, 100%. I mean, like you said, you know, we've all seen the gut punch game and, you know, once Milwaukee got up 12, it was like, man, I think I've seen this script before, you know, you know, this, they could run away with this pretty quick, but you know, the fact that they did you know, lock down and get all those stops in the second quarter. Yeah. It was, you know, it was, it was boring, but at the same time to a, you know, to a, uh, you know, a train basketball, I were sitting there watching it. Like, yeah, this is, this is playoff basketball right here. This is, you know, this is gross and that's exactly what you want in a game. <laughs> <laughs> just is. Um, that's exactly what you want when two teams are are fighting for their life. It's going to be just gritty and just gross is the word. And that's what that second quarter was. And it was just, you know, I should say gross. Everybody else, but it was just beautiful. It was a beautiful turnaround by the Suns. I'm, 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 I'm more optimistic for them than I think most. I mean, you look at. I think they're going to be back. They're going to be. They're going to be trouble to deal with for the next few years. I
0: think. Yeah, I mean, Devin Booker's ceiling is 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 we were just scratching it, I think. Um, but um, you know, this also, you know, Larry, you you're a stretch the floor big man. You're a modern big man in every sense. Switch on D. Um, you know, stretch the floor, play multiple positions. This is a throwback victory. The Bucks won this series, won this championship in the paint. Mm-hmm. You know, they went six of 27 from three in this game. And um, the concept that you could win a – and then, but the Sun shot the ball terribly too. I mean, Jay Crowder missed, you know, six wide open shots. But um, the concept that you can win a um, – you can win a championship uh, or, you know, closeout game without making many threes at all. I mean, that's not something you'd think in 2021. And um, again, it's why it's a beautiful story. I love the new NBA, but it's, it's a, it's an example that you don't, you, you can, you can still play to your team's strengths. You can still construct something and, you know, build it around a certain set of players and it can still work. Your plan can still work. And um, I, I really just think that there, there are certain people that are going to feel it, you know, Adam silver in the, in the, in the trophy presentation, I've never seen him. So euphoric. Um, usually he's, you know, did, did you think so too, Zach? He was just like, he like grabbed the mic from Malika and he was all smiling. And I think he was just so happy that they were able to get through the season, you know, with all of this stuff that's happened. Um, but uh, you know, I think it's just a, it's just a really cool moment. Just the way it all went down is a really cool moment. And it, and it sort of recenters and rebalances things. I just, I just love it. I just love the way it played out so much, just for the for where the league is right now. And um, there's so, there's so many challenges, of course. But I, I just think it's. I mean, if if you're a neutral party, I find it hard to believe that you couldn't appreciate the way both these teams played, especially the Bucks.
1: Um, Larry, you were, you were on the floor for the Cavs. When LeBron played one of the greatest games he've ever played in game one of the finals against the Warriors that you guys <laughs> lost 4-0, 51-8 eight and 8. And Giannis goes 50 and 14. Like, I don't know what your memories are from that game or just when you watch a guy like Giannis do what he does, but Wendy and I are just schlubs who happen to be able to do journalism and reporting. You do this as as a as a profession. You are a craftsman. When you watch guys the very best guys in the league do that. What, like, what did you, what did, what did you see from Giannis tonight that surprised you? I mean, the, and and just going back to that LeBron game, it just must be, it just must be incredible for you as a player to watch the best guys do something like that.
2: Yeah, no, it's 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 special. I mean, it's uh, you know, no matter how many times you see, you know, getting to play with Braun was, you know, it got to the point where he played that game. Uh, He played that game in Golden State, and it was – you didn't even realize it in the game. Then afterwards, you go and check Twitter or whatever, and it's like, this dude had 51, 8, and 8. It it doesn't even seem real. I didn't even notice it when you're out there. But, like, sitting as – you know, sitting home watching Giannis do this after, you know, guarding him time after time every single time we play and just knowing, like, you know, he's going to have to go to the free throw line. He's going to have to make these free throws. And the fact that he put a game like this together on the biggest stage of his career to this point, um, to be honest with you, it's nothing but just sheer joy for the guy. Um, You know, there are guys that there are guys that players look at across the league and just kind of like roll their eyes at, like, like he didn't do it the right way. Giannis does everything the right way. You know, he's, He's stayed in Milwaukee. He's uh, he just stays true to who he is, and he's not trying to get in all the extra stuff. And he's just one of those guys that you know you want to see well. So when he puts a puts together a game like this, it's just sheer. You know, I'm just so thrilled for him because he's um, only 26, and that's
0: that's that's good point, Larry. I know. Got... I know, well, well, it, it, you know because yeah. he's been around for eight years. It doesn't feel like it. But
1: we just wrote this thing, you know, I think you contributed it too. it's already up on Giannis and his journey. And one of the questions that the editors wanted me to answer was, is he is he now the greatest international player of all time? Mm. And my first my first response was no. Akeem Olajuwon and Dirk are probably still both above him just on career counting stats. And Akeem's a two time champion and an MVP in his own right. And Dirk's a champion and MVP. But more to the point. The dude is 26 years old. He's got, <laughs> if he stays, knock on wood, if he stays healthy. And by the way, he hyperextended his knee two oh, weeks God. ago and just did this. If he stays healthy, we don't have to write the end of his career right now. We got plenty of time to put him in perspective. So just some stats here. This is before tonight. So all of these averages are going to go up. Okay. But before tonight in the playoffs, in the full playoffs, Giannis was averaging 29.2 points per game, 12.8 rebounds per game, and five assists per game. So I did a little search. I said, "Okay, let's lower the criteria a little bit, just to be generous. Let's do 28, 11, and four and a half assists in at least ten playoff games. So it's not some sweep where you just put up huge numbers and your team loses." The here, here's the list of guys that have done that: Kareem in 1974. Giannis this year, LeBron in 2015, Elgin Baylor in 1961, Oscar Robertson in 1963, Kareem again in 1972, Jokic this year barely meeting the 10-game minimum. By the way, four of those guys played 12 or fewer games, so they barely meet the minimum. If you go up to 28, 12, and 5, so you get the rebounds up one, it's Giannis and two other guys. And if you look at if you want to rank them by any stat you want, field goal percentage, advanced statistics, whatever, Giannis is number one on the list. I'm not saying it's the greatest playoff run of all time. I'm saying once you factor all in right. this 50 spot, there is all almost right. no precedent for what he now. Just did. Let
0: me let me throw some stuff in now. The number of the people who have won finals MVP, defensive player in the year, defensive player of the year, and MVP. Elijah won Jordan, Giannis. That's it. Over the last 50 years, only two players have scored 33 points in the half of a finals game. Michael Jordan and Giannis tonight in a closeout game. Um, Giannis is the first player in NBA history to average at least 35 points, 10 rebounds and five assists on 60 percent shooting. In a seven in a uh, in a seven game those series, those numbers Best are to just not series.
1: even real. The numbers you just read are not like that's not even real. I couldn't put that, those again. numbers up in NBA. 35, Jam.
0: 35 yeah. points, ten rebounds, five assists, sixty percent field goal shooting.
1: Don't sleep on the assists. By the way, I thought his passing got better and better as the playoffs went on, and like five assists doesn't sound like much, but when you're spending. I don't know half the game, thirty percent of the game as a role man on the pick and roll. And we've talked ad nauseum about how Giannis deserves a ton of credit for reinventing himself and trusting Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, who are two guys we should probably talk about, to run the offense and not have not 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 make it so Giannis has to do everything. When you're spending half the game doing that, five assists, six assists, like that's no joke. Like that, those are a lot of assists for a guy that plays that kind of role, right, Larry? I mean, like I don't like you're a great passer. It, as a big man, it's hard to get five or six assists.
2: No, it, it, like you said, as a as a role man, because they, you know, like you said, they, he gave a lot, gave a lot of, uh, you know, gave a lot of the attention or the ball to Chris and Drew. So, yeah, as a role man, five or six assists. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really impressive, and especially a guy that that uh, has had to add that to his game. You know, that's not that that wasn't something that he came into the league with. So the fact that he's you know, it just comes back to him being, you know, doing it the right way because he added, you can see all the, the progression of his game in every move he makes. Like in every, you can just see it hit the reads go through his head that he's drilled over and over again. So, the, yeah, five, six assists, that is,
1: that is really, really impressive.
0: Do you well, want me to keep and, going? And, Do you want me to well, keep no, going? To,
1: for, for, first, to just Larry's point, and the age twenty six point, you could see it in these playoffs and in this series and tonight. He's starting to get more comfortable in like that eight to fifteen foot range with floaters and hooks and one legged one legged fadeaways. And like if he gets comfortable in that range to the point that he can post up switches and, and more effectively and do that, like it's there's it, it, it's yeah it's not hyperbole to suggest like there's another. Maybe not full level, but certainly half level to get to, right? I mean, like that's he's starting to look better at that stuff.
2: No, that's terrifying. Because as you know, as the guy that you know, every time we play, I, I guard him. So that's that's my assignment, and the whole Congrats. plan. I know it's it's just a real treat, you know, Giannis, Kawhi, LeBron. It's just I love it, um,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but um, you know, it's your whole assignment is all right if you can keep him. Outside of six feet, you did your job. That's it. If you can make it doesn't matter what he shoots, whether it's a floater, uh a turnaround, a, it doesn't matter if he shoots outside of six feet, you did your job. Great possession, even if he makes it great. Tap my, you know, tap him on the back, say good shot, and let's go play offense. But if he's gonna continue to make that little turnaround 12-foot jumper, or you know, that, that floater that I don't even know if Space Jam Jordan could could go block. Um, it, there's not a whole lot you can do, and I mean, there's there's all this talk about you know, you know, he said, "Oh well, he's got to shoot threes and all this stuff." Why? Look at why.
1: <laughs> when he backed, when he got Kaminsky on a switch and he went into the LeBron like oh oh, I got I got a matchup I like. I'm going to step mm-hmm. back. I'm going to dribble through my legs. I'm going to bob my shoulder. And then he took a three. I was like, come on, man. You can't do that wind-up <laughs> dribble like that and take
2: a three. No. Frank was backpedaling so hard. He didn't want none of that smoke.
0: <laughs> Guys, he made 14 contested shots tonight, the most of any game in his career. 14. Mm. Of course, it's hard to contest a guy it's who's that long, good. right? That's like saying – Durant made 14 consecutive contested shots. Oh, really? Let me know how you how you contest his shot. Uh, but, I mean, that just shows you what kind of zone he was in tonight.
2: Um, yeah, guys like that, when they get it over their head, they don't see you. You don't exist.
0: <laughs> Phoenix gets
1: it down to four at the end, and I don't know if it was the biggest shot of the game, whatever. I'm not going to go back and revisit the whole game, but I think it was 100-96 to 96 with about a minute to go, and... Milwaukee turns to the Middleton, Giannis pick and roll, and Middleton hits a tough two to put him up six. He had hit a crazy leaner over an incredible contest before then. And we we should – and Larry, you were a first-round pick, but a a low first-round pick, like uh, toward the back end of the first round, right? What pick were you, like 28 or something like that?
2: 27. 27? Yeah, 27.
1: Like, we should talk about Middleton because Middleton is the reason that Giannis – began to transform his game in the way that he did to help the bucks offense diversify Middleton is it is fitting that he made maybe the biggest shot of the game the dagger the clincher whatever you want because they do hand the late game offensive and that's not a shot at Giannis that's not a bad thing about you it's just how their team plays he's a better shooter he's a tough shot maker we should take a second to put his journey into perspective second round pick I wrote a big profile on him two years ago I would. I interviewed Kim English. Kim English was a Detroit Pistons rookie with Chris Middleton. They were battling not even for minutes. They were battling for like the coaches to notice them and know their names after practice. This guy was the other guy in the Brandon Jennings Brandon Knight trade. That's right. 8 years ago. Mm-hmm. And now he is a two-time All-Star, all NBA level player, the closer On a team that just won the championship. Like all the focus is going to be on Giannis and his story is one of the greatest stories ever in sports. We need to take a minute and just focus on how unlikely it is that Chris Middleton is the other guy in that pairing.
0: For the ones who get it done, Ranger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click ranger.com or just stop by. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package.
2: No, I mean, you're you're 100% right. Chris Middleton is one of those guys, though, that if you were to ask, like from the outside, may not be viewed as... You know, over the past few years may not have been viewed like that, but every single player or every guy that's had to guard him or play in you know, a game against him, we know how good he is. You know, you we know how good he is. Like tough shots like that when he gets a switch, it's the same, it's kind of the same story throughout Holiday. You know, from the outside looking in or from a fan's perspective, you might not understand the kind of impact those guys have on a the game. They are two guys they are problems. They are problems. Because, like, yeah, you look at all the stuff Middleton does offensively, but he's really good defensively as well. You know, he's one of those guys that you put out there and you know, you you know, you put him on a you start him on Devin Booker, or you start him on a Chris Paul, and that's not a mismatch. You know, they they're trying to get, hey, you know, bring, you know, bring Bobby Portis up here, bring Brooke Lopez up here. I want Chris off. And and You know, just that kind of a two-way player is so impressive. Uh, This Milwaukee Bucks team is just very – it's very easy to root for those guys.
1: You know, Chris's dad told me a story about how he was like 11 or 12 years old growing up in South Carolina. And he was good, good for the area. And his dad signed him up for a a better – Sort of. He had He son I went to practice with like an AAU team in Atlanta. They would drive from Charleston to Atlanta, which I don't even remember how many hours it is. It's a long drive. And Chris thought he was good. He's like 12. He's not like a, he's not like eight. Like he's entering the period where you like, if you're going to be an NBA player, sometimes it's pretty freaking clear that you're awesome. And he went down to Atlanta and got his ass absolutely handed to him by all these dudes in Atlanta to the point that on the drive home, he would cry sometimes and his dad would stop at Fuddruckers, like 45 minutes outside Charleston, and be like, get a burger, get a fry, get some fries, get your emotions together, because I cannot have you coming home to mom crying <laughs> about what just happened to you in Atlanta. And now this dude is is the number one crunch time option for a championship team. It's It's a really... It's a really great story. Wendy, I don't know where you want to go. You can talk about whatever you want here, but I, another guy we should talk about is probably Mike Gudenholzer, whose name we haven't mentioned yet, but you, t- you take, you take, there's a lot of angles here. You just go wherever you want.
0: Well, also John Hammond, who was the general manager who drafted Giannis and traded from LT. There you
1: go. There you go. Um, He's not with name. the magic.
0: Yeah. And then not only that signed Giannis to a sub max contract. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, uh, <laughs> for only four good.
1: years, though, for only four years, which was well, like true. A thing.
0: Well, you know, that's the thing. Um, you talked about at the beginning of this, how there was we in the media were like wondering where Giannis would go, and and uh, or, or maybe not where he'd go, wondering what would happen with him. And there were teams out there that felt the same way because you could see teams positioning like every contract that the, that the Miami Heat signed last year had it out for 2021 so that they could, except for BAM, who was the same agent they, you know, as Giannis, every contract they did, they they structured so that if they had to, they could open space for Giannis. And it wasn't just the media or the fans who were talking, it was other teams who were wondering if Giannis was gonna was gonna commit to them at the time because he really had his personal incentive to commit was limited because he get the same contract at the end of the season as the beginning. And, you know, if you commit, you're not necessarily holding the team's feet to the fire. But in talking to people with the Bucs over the course of months, they never wavered. I mean, maybe internally when the Bogdan Bogdanovich deal fell apart and he came back from Greece and then didn't sign the extension for like a month, maybe they had some scary nights. But when they were talking to people, when I talked to people in the Bucks organization, they never wavered. They said... He's signing here. Stop talking about it. He's signing here. What are you going to talk about when he's, when he's already re-signed here? And I mean, I know that's what people would say if they, even if they were wishful thinking, but they honestly did that. And like when they did the deal for Drew Holiday, I think that the conventional wisdom was like, well, they did that deal so Giannis would stay. And I'm not necessarily saying that wasn't motivation, but that's not what they would say. They said at the time, "No, we did this deal because we know Giannis is staying. We know he's invested, and so we did this deal because we don't have to worry about him walking." And I know that's in the on the on the you know sort of putting stuff on its head, but that's the way the Bucks looked at it. And so their their confidence, their confidence in Bud, there were a lot of people. And I don't, again I don't mean like pundits I mean people in the NBA who after last season said there's no way they can keep Butt he's got to go and they said no he's going to make some changes and we're going to keep him um you know this is a team that is has stuck to its plan stuck to its guns and some teams do that and it doesn't work this team did it and it worked which is again why it's a uh, it's a it's a beautiful basketball it's a beautiful NBA story
1: I want to talk about Bud for a second because Bud was the punching bag of Buck's Twitter. Bud was the guy they were going to win in spite of. He was the guy that needed to be fired and all of this. And I, I thought some of the criticism was extreme, but I also thought some of it was fair. I have called Bud doctrinaire and stubborn <laughs> and, um, and some of these other adjectives. I think what was underappreciated by a lot of Bud's critics, and I've also said this, is that he came in there And he just said, here's the foundation that we're building everything from. Okay. Jason Kidd had us playing one way. It didn't work. It failed. Here's the foundation. Building up from this is going to be tricky and it's going to require some failure and it's going to, we're going to have some hiccups. But the foundation is defense. This is how we're doing it defensively. Now, when we get to the highest level, are we going to have to be able to be more flexible and versatile? Absolutely. Did it take two really heartbreaking playoff losses for them to get to that point? Yes. Was that too long? Probably. But he built a base from which everything else stems. And this season, they began to switch. John Horst, who we haven't shouted out yet, got them PJ Tucker, signed Bobby Portis, who became a critical player for them. And I thought, Bud, as the series went along, made smart adjustments. And is this redemption for him? I don't know if I'd go that. I think it is. Actually, I think
0: it is redemption for but Mike Budenholzer. I think he was in danger of getting fired. Had they lost that there's series no to the Nets?
1: question. There's no
0: question. One but inch, I'm, Larry. One I'm inch. Just, Durant's one inch back. Mike Budenholzer is probably fired. I'm just From a saying. size
2: 18 to a size 17. That's it.
0: <laughs> Everybody spouts off.
1: Like, there's no middle ground between Greg Popovich and a moron, like Bud's a (laughs) moron, Bud's a horrible (laughs) coach. Mike Budenholzer this entire time was a good coach with some flaws that were not exposed, but that became slightly problematic on the very biggest stages against the very best teams where any little mini flaw is problematic. But he was a good and competent coach the whole time. Are there things he needs to fix internally and all that? Yes, but he did just win the championship, and it's it's time to at least – Sort of give him, give him that. I don't know. That's I just I thought the Bud discourse grew a little too poisonous, frankly, for my taste. Well,
0: you know, he had some bad nights. There's no question. We, so does every do. coach, right? But listen, you know, I've got this saying, Larry. It's one of my core beliefs about the NBA. When you win a title, it means never having to say you're sorry. So no matter what happened, no matter what trade got made, no matter what decision got made, no matter what player. But no matter what draft pick, no matter whatever, you don't have to apologize for anything. And so, you know, Bud can say, kiss my you know what to anything anybody says. And he has the right to do it because that's too damn it's too damn hard to win to not enjoy the spoils. Larry, was Bobby Portis talking
1: a lot of trash in those pre draft workouts? Were you were you frightened of him? Uh when you when you know bobby no you're not scared of him
2: no nobody's scared bobby I tell you what when i when when well, i first I met him, oh, yeah, he him. was you know with the <laughs> wait hello no comment but uh but uh yeah with those eyes he's he's intimidated but then you get to know him and he's cool but like that he's just like that's he just has to get himself to that point to be able to play and, and whether it's pickup whether it's a workout whether it's Pop a shot. It doesn't matter. Bobby's competing. He's all, he, that's the mode he's in.
0: Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Yeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic in tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy
1: wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt.
0: One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt
1: didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. I was just say I don't know that they win this series without him. I mean he he was huge. He was he just had 16 points tonight. He rounded out some of their lineups that worked best in the playoffs. I've said often that the Giannis Portis front court is plus like a gazillion now in the playoffs after tonight. You know, that was a signing that you know, the Bucks made a clear trade. John Horse made a clear trade in the offseason. You mentioned the Drew Holiday trade, Wendy, where they said, okay, we're we're trading some of our depth for top end talent. But you still need some depth. And a lot of the criticism of Milwaukee's offseason, including for me, was, well, their depth isn't good enough. DJ Augustine got overpaid. Bobby Portis is whatever. And Pat Connick is pretty good, but can you trust him? And remember, Dante DiVincenzo's injured. He's missed this entire playoff run almost since the first round. Mm-hmm. Bobby Portis was a hit and a big, big hit. At, at that wasn't was, Some of these guys are, are hits until it really matters, and then they can't play in the playoffs or the, in the finals. Bobby Portis hit hardest when it mattered most. That's a he huge did. credit to him oh, yeah. and the team.
0: Sure. Did. What was
2: most impressive to me is how, what was it? Did he, there was one, was it two series full series that he did not see the court? The Brooklyn series the, by the it?
1: end, he, he was, he was pretty much out of the rotation. You've not pretty much, he was out of the rotation. Yeah.
2: I mean, he was full blown out and then, you know, being able to stay, you know, stay in that mentally. It's, it's it, take, it does take a tough person. It takes a tough person. Um, you know, to, he's that's the biggest stage of his career. So, again, we're giving Bobby love. So, more so, like, that's impressive, incredible. And to be honest with you, it's credit to the coaching staff, you know, like we were just talking about, for keeping him ready.
1: Wendy, any any parting thoughts here before we move on from the season? I, I'm not ready to move on quite yet, but we do have the offseason coming up. Is there anything on Bucks, Suns? You, you didn't, you, we didn't hit did You want to hit.
0: Well, um, I don't know if Chris Paul is going to get another swing at this. And he is, I don't know how healthy his hand was. I don't know. I mean, Larry, you played, unfortunately you had all kinds of hand injuries. Um, I, I don't know if yeah. people could, un- I don't know if people could understand how difficult <laughs> it is when you've got a hand injury to manipulate the ball. People think you're out there, you're playing, you're fine. Um, I don't I don't know. No, not much. Um, yeah. I I don't know how much it was affecting him, but I suspect that hand injury was an issue. But I do, you know, he did he did have a good game 6, but I do feel like he's going to have regrets about not playing his best basketball. Uh, whether that was just execution, whether that was Drew Holiday, the Drew Holiday effect, whether that was the game plan, whether that was the hand he's going to walk away saying, I didn't play my best basketball. And, um, and that might hurt for a while. Um, and he's, he's played so brilliantly. I mean, he, he doesn't know anybody an apology for it, but um, it was a, uh, you know, his the games one and two Booker and, and Chris Paul were playing the highest level they've ever played and they weren't able to maintain it. And if they weren't able to maintain it, it would have been a son's win and they, when they weren't. And, uh, and obviously Booker, had two 40-point games and losses. So um, I hope I hope he gets another chance at it, but this this may well have been it. And it's just it's just too bad he didn't go out playing better.
1: Well, I thought he played great tonight, but he did. to your point, one, one of the reasons that those guys didn't sustain the incredible levels that they had in games one and two, although Devin Booker had a couple 40-point games after that, so whatever, is Drew Holiday. And the Drew yeah. Holiday trade, is just one of those it, – it, it was a a massive haul, and now it's a win forever and ever. But the Bucks were sneaking up on this moment where they had instantly transformed from sort of young, up-and-coming, exciting team to not aging because Giannis is not old, but Middleton's 30, Bledsoe was 30, Brogdon had walked – they didn't have a lot of trade. At, they did not appear to have a lot of trade assets because of some past transactions gone bad. You know, Bucks, Bucks fans still get the heebie-jeebies when you say the name Gravis Vasquez. Um, they <laughs> seem to be reaching kind of a point of, is this our team? Like Jabari Parker didn't work out, blah, blah. blah. And they said, yeah. and, and, and all along they said, we do have some assets. We have some tradable contracts and we have all our picks and all our swaps and if we use him at the right time and at the right moment maybe we'll get lucky maybe the right guy will become available and whatever they had left they flipped for Drew Holiday and yeah Drew Holidays had some bad shooting games but he had a monster game in game 5 arguably the most important game of the series and his defense I mean Larry you're you're a really good defensive player I mean this guy is obviously as good as it gets in the NBA I mean I don't know you're not a you're not a post up guy in the NBA but I, I bet you've tried to post up Drew Holiday on a switch at some point and thought, uh-oh, yeah, this is not, not going to go well for me.
2: Yeah, no, there's there's certain guys where you bump into and you're like, yeah, I, I don't want the problems with that. And Drew is one of those guys. I mean, he's, he's uh I gotta be honest with you. I think if you, if you had to ask every NBA player and say who's you know who don't you want to see in front of you when you have the ball, I think I think a good solid majority say Drew Holiday. And he's not gonna talk. You know, he's not gonna be talking. You know, talking trash. None of that. He just—you can't back him down. You can't go around him. He's got long arms. He's got quick hands. He gets Uh, through
0: every screen. They set screens, and he just gets through them. I don't know how he does it, but he does.
2: Again, look. Like you said, I I I pride myself a little bit on my defense as well. And that um, guy—that's one of the guys. You know, you watch, and you're like, man, I don't even know how. How did you blow that screen up? And he's he's just always right in front of you. So he's, uh, you know, he, he got a little bit of love a few years ago as one of the most underrated players in the league, and that still holds true to this day. That guy is, if you want to talk two way player, I, the, <laughs> I mean, the top two might be on the Bucks.
1: I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, Kawhi, KD, LeBron, you know, AD. But yeah, it's it's a short short list of guys. Wendy, one of the, the, one of the other things I remember, and we'll wrap up in a second is I know Monty Williams said this much earlier in the season and maybe even in new Orleans, but it became a thing in this playoffs. I am always going to remember. I might say it to my daughter one day. one day, everything, everything you want is on the other side of hard. I love that so much. Um, I don't care if people thought it got overdone or whatever, <laughs> I think it's awesome, and it's one of the things I'm going to remember from these playoffs.
0: Yeah, and um, again, reason to believe in your NBA team. They didn't make the playoffs for 10 years. 10 years. And some things maneuvered, which is why I think this offseason we're going to see chasing of veteran guards, especially when you have guys like Mike Conley, Kyle Lowry out there you know, they're going to be like, oh, how do we get our, how do we get our Chris Paul infusion? But 10 years, no playoffs. And um, I know the Suns fans are, Suns fans are disappointed, but to, to, to see how those games were in Phoenix, it was it was great to, to reinvigorate that market. Um, but it's, it's such a fragile thing. It's so hard. I always, um, you know, I've been around championship teams, um and I just can't, even the teams that win, you know, multiple times in a row, I just can't explain. And, you, and when these, these guys say it, when they go through it, it's so hard to get those 16 wins. I mean, look at the things that the Suns and Bucks had to persevere. Chris Paul with a Stinger, Chris Paul with COVID, um, you know, other guys getting injured. Yeah, there are other teams that they played had some luck, but they had their own challenges. You know the Bucks are down in three consecutive series. Down. You know Durant hits a career shot. Looks like it's going to you know knock him out, but he's too close to the basket by an inch. I mean, just the you know Giannis has a terrible looking injury that we're afraid is going to knock him out for a year. And three weeks later, he's holding the Larry O'Brien Trophy.
1: I mean, and their record without Giannis in these playoffs: two and zero. One of those games, Trey Young didn't play, but. Their best player, the guy who just won Finals AMP, got injured. They just won two straight games by by double digits. Anyway, we should probably wrap up. It's one in the morning. Um, Larry Nance Jr., it's uh, great to see you.
2: I was going to say I do want to add one last thing. You were talking about money quotes, and there's one that I have uh, written up on my mirror in the bathroom. Uh, he said it, I think, after last game. Pressure is a privilege.
0: Mm.
2: and that to me like that resonated heavily right because you know just talking about going from where I you know from my perspective right there's no pressure right like I you know we've been you know had a few rough years in Cleveland we haven't had any pressure you know what I mean in LA when I got drafted there there was no pressure but You know, when I got traded to the Cavs and went to the finals, that was pressure. And like, you don't realize how intoxicating that level of pressure is until you get there. So for him to say that is so true because there are so many people and so many guys around the league that would kill to be in that spot. Yeah. So the kind of pressure they were facing is him saying it's a privilege is... That again, that resonated with me to the highest degree because um, it's just so true. That level is a, is a privilege, and the fact that they get to feel that kind of pressure is is uh, something not many people get to feel throughout their career. So
0: I'm fascinated by this mirror that you write on. You write it's- stuff on the mirror.
2: Look, I, everybody's got their thing. I've got my little bathroom. I've got my little bathroom sink, the mirror above it that I write my little stuff on. You know,
0: I, I you know, come on now.
2: Everybody's no, I like it. Stuff.
0: I no, I like. I've never heard of it. I like it. I think it's. Uh, you know, Monty's got good sayings. You might have a good habit right there that you're going to tell people to write on the mirror, like with with like a marker. You write right on it.
2: Yeah, like I've got you know, just like my little. I got this little whiteboard behind me. I got on my mirror. Yeah. I've got a little dry erase marker that you know I write my. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I write my my little quotes and whatnot on.
0: I like it. I like it.
2: Yeah, you see, when you wake up in the morning, it's I see it before I go to the gym and work out. You know, which is something to you know keep you grounded every day.
1: Larry Nance Jr., we're giving you the last word. Mirror, no mirror. I don't care. Your analysis was was awesome. Your perspective was awesome. I love watching you play. I Look forward to watching you play next year. Wendy these have been a, a joy as always and uh, to everyone who listened thank you for listening it's been a uh, it's been a rough couple of years it's been a weird NBA season i hope everyone is safe and healthy and now it is on to the off season but everyone should take a day a couple days whatever it is to soak it in the Milwaukee Bucks are the 2021 NBA champions they hadn't won in 50 years and this is the whole reason we do this stuff is that there's a champion at the end of every year so larry thank you Brian, thank you. Everyone, thank you. and See you on the other side.